Praise God. You know, we've been talking about the divineness of God, the, the, the role that God plays, okay? And I know that there's, you know, more than one piece to the puzzle, but I think as the believers in the churches, sometimes we need to fortify the role that God plays. God, you know, uh, is, is, he's the author and the finisher. He's the first and the last. He's all of that. He's written the story. And we are players in that story. So, uh, uh, you know, finding that, that place where the burden of the, the Lord and the burden of life, you know, and the challenges of life are lifted. Okay? Not taking away your responsibility or our part, but understanding that God has a part in all of this. Not just the first and the last, but the story in between. So we've talked about, you know, divine payback. We have that online. We've talked about the divine they, that is the whole, each one together. Then the divine forecast. You know, God has given a forecast. And that's what as believers, you know, when we want to tap into so we know what is coming, what we can expect. Then, of course, we talked about divine favor. There is a realm, you know, that uh, uh, favor uh, in, in, in immeasurable ways begins to accompany your life. It's almost like a marriage. You know, it's joined and knit together. Then we talked about last week divine assignment. Now the, the role that each one of us play in this, this eternal work of God. Okay? You see, this is not temporal. Worship is not temporal. Now, the word of God is not temporal. Fellowship is not temporal. When you open the book of Revelations and you go ahead and, and, and uh, see into the heavens, as John did, and now we begin to see that, you know, those things are, uh, 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 you know, still exist in heaven. Worship and praise and the word, which is Jesus Christ, all right? But this morning I want to talk about divine Control. So we have some scriptures here, and uh, we'll put them up, and and uh, uh, so you get a little picture. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Anybody been on the ocean? A little bigger than Pepin, isn't it, Lake Pepin? Fact is, I don't know how many oceans there are. The Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Indian Ocean. What's the other one? Okay. Then there's what called seas. You know. Then of course we got Minnesota, who claims to be the land of ten thousand lakes. You know. Oh well. (laughs) 
aren't we such humble people in Wisconsin? We don't flaunt how many lakes we got. <laughs> oh, but he measured heaven with his span. That's what he's talking about. You know what I mean? The span, you know, just, just with the, from the, the thumb to the little finger, he measures it. You know, and, and now when he says he measures it, it doesn't mean that it reaches it, you know. I don't know where it's at. I think it's really, you know, just, just right there. It gets a little bit, you know. And calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. He weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or has as his counselor has taught him. With whom did he take counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket. I was going to bring BBs today, but I didn't trust you with them. That you could hold a BB in your hand. All right? And are counted as small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. In other words, there's not enough, you know, sacrifices. Okay? Nor its beast sufficient for burnt offering, both the wood and the offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. Now, you know what he's saying in power comparison, okay? God loves the world, all right? So it's not the lack of value, okay? It's the lack, the dynamics of the power of, you know, the nation's power versus God's power. Or what likeness will you compare to him? The Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his kingdom rules over all. has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of a person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, When he hath by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Such is the reading of God's word for us today. The Bible does not seek to explain God's sovereignty. 
it just declares it. Just as it does not seek, you know, to try to approve God's existence, it just simply declares it. Yes, it does. And so, the, 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 the challenge, the sovereignty of God and man's will. I'll try to help us with that today. The sovereignty of God and man's will. Although God controls by divine decree, as we read in those scriptures and others, his sovereign power of what goes on in the world that's according to his divine purpose. Even though God is doing all of this and is charged, that does not remove responsibility from those that do evil. Does not remove it. Evildoers do evil not because they are forced to, but by their own evil intent. That's why they do evil. And so, therefore, God will judge both the act and the intent. Acts chapter 2 is a passage of Scripture just of support. Peter speaks to them and says, Men of Israel, listen. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as yourselves know. This man, listen, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men, and you put him to death. Christ died under God's authority in his timing and according to his plan, and yet Israel was guilty both for their hand in his death and for the failure to believe in him as the Messiah. That's how God uses evil. He has a plan. And even men's evil intent in heart, oh God, he is able to use to accomplish his plan that does not excuse them for their part because their heart is evil. He just directed it to a beneficial factor. Isaiah chapter 8, for those that are 10 that love to study as you go home, is a great picture of this scenario. How that God used Assyria to, to punish Judah for her sins and then judges her because of her evil heart. Assyria was going around conquering nations, destroying them and ruling over them. They had an evil heart. They had an evil intent. 
And so in that process, you know, Judah needed to receive, you know, God's discipline in their lives. And so he used that evil nation to go ahead and perform his, you know, discipline on them. But however, you know what I mean? Though they were instruments in God's hand for his purpose at this time, they were still guilty because of their evil heart and, you know, their evil intent. You see, God is in control, but God is not controlling. He is in control, but he is not controlling. He offers blessing and cursing, life and death. The choices are there. See, everything that happens on earth is not God's will. Jesus said that we're to pray that the will of heaven would be done on earth. So if it was already just automatically being done, there would be no reason to pray. But we're to pray because everything is not God's will that takes place on earth. The thing that we do know is that God always is good. God always does good. This sovereignty of God and this goodness of God, you know what I mean, and this rule of God, you know, it's, it's invincible. In other words, you can't thwart it. You can't disrupt it. You can't change it. And just as it's so invincible, it is also incomprehensible. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. This sovereignty of God ruling the nations. Has a divine purpose. Let me say frankly that the evil in the world is the devil's doings and not God's. And we've already seen how he can use it, you know what I mean, to accomplish his will. He, his son needed to be crucified. He used the evil to go ahead and perform his will, which had a good design, and that, of course, the redemption, you know, of mankind from the very fall. The scripture says that the whole world is under the, the influence of the evil one. Yeah. Even though God isn't 
I've got to read my writing. Isn't con- controlling, thank you, controlling all the circumstances, okay? He is not controlling all the circumstances, but he is working all things out for good. He's working all things out for good. This is the confidence, this is the assurance, this is the blessedness of understanding, you know, our God and our Savior. From an earthly perspective, things look critical. Amen? Amen. Political leaders are defiant. They're using their power to oppose God. Biblical foundations for society are in constant attack. Uncertainties plague every day, every morning throughout the day. So how do we remain hopeful in a world that seems hopelessly broken? How do we find peace in a world that is spinning out of control? I believe it rests upon and in the sovereignty of God. See, in the times of crisis, we may not be able to see immediately that God is there leading us to peace, comfort, and so much more. Can't see it, but he is. The song, the horror of Friday, you know, but the victory of Sunday. Amen? Uncertainties is nothing new. Men and women of the Bible faced their uncertainties. Uncertainties of life, those fractures sometimes that come to life, it leaves men and women then and even today questioning God's faithfulness. And I mean, it even gets in the newspaper. If God is this, if God is that, why this and why that? It was Gideon. He had fallen into uncertainty. God comes to him and, you know, and begins to kind of prophesy to him. Oh, mighty man of valor. He probably looked around and was looking, you know, who is this uninformed person talking to? He said, oh, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where is all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of, from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Oh, the great prophet Elijah. 
So he's kind of licking his wounds, feeling rejected, feeling that, you know, God really hasn't done enough. I've been making proclamations and he just is not backing them up. He says, I've been zealous for you, Lord. I know that the children of Israel, they've forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Just the matter is, if they tear down your altar, build another one. But you and I are not a few. Numbers chapter 21 and 14 talks about a people who got very discouraged. And they were on their way to the promises of God. But in the journey, they got discouraged. They got so discouraged that they were going to turn back. They went so far to go ahead and, you know, had a council. Let's, let's, let's get a fresh leader here. We need to understand that God can use evil to bring about good. Who is God? Well, you know who he is, but have you thought about it? He's the creator. He's the maker of all things. He's the sustainer of all things. He's in control over nature, nations, and even unbelievers. For your information, if you want to look at that in Psalms 135, 6 and 7, Psalms 104, 14, and Psalms 22, 28. He, he is Lord. Hebrews chapter 1 says, through him he made the universe. He's the sustainer of all things. The Jesus that we serve, he shaped the universe. He summoned the galaxy of stars into being. He took chaos and created life. Genesis chapter 1. Darkness and Chaos and all of a sudden, he's the one who laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of his hands. We are not worshipers of nature, nature. 
But the Bible is very clear. Nature needs to speak to us of how awesome and how great God is. When God, you know, trying to encourage the promise that he made to Abraham, he took him outside. Why don't you look at the stars? Let that become an inspiration to you, Abraham. It was all God's intentional act. In humans, they are creatures of God's personal attention. Isaiah 42, 5 says, The Lord who created the heavens stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk on it. (coughs) Pilate said, Don't you know that I've got power, you know, to take your life? Jesus said, you don't have any power unless it's given to you from God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, this Jesus. He not only holds life together. He not only is the sustainer of the universe. He's also the sustainer of our spiritual destiny. Hebrews chapter 12. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Acts 17 and 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. He says in John chapter 10, verse 28 through 29, that he holds our lives. It says they... No one can snatch you out of my hand. He's the heir. He's the heir. He's the heir of all things. Think about that. Coming a time, you know what I mean? When there's that transfer. Think about it, that he's the heir of the material universe. Of all its creatures. 
its history and its progress. He's not idle hands. He's not only the one who sustains the earth, but he is the one who finally redeems the earth. Amen, I got a preacher back there. (laughs) Isaiah 65 and 17, you know, through 19. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. He not only sustains it, he redeems it. The Bible says that he's the one that helps us reach our ultimate destiny according to Jude Jude chapter 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of, uh, of his glory with exceeding joy. Are you ready for some more joy? Think about it. He's a very big God. The question came up about building a temple for him. God was not a front to it, but he said, I want you to know something. That this temple will not be able to contain me. I will not downsize. <laughs> Give the Lord a praise. I will not downsize. Heaven and the heavens of heaven cannot contain me. Yes. Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 6, 6 and 18. God is too sovereign to be lucky. He's too sovereign to be lucky. Hallelujah. When it comes to God, there's no such thing as luck, chance, fate, or coincidence. He works all things after the counsel of his own will. He blows my mind. I cannot comprehend it. I wouldn't do it that way. but I don't want the weight of the world on me either. Oh, bless his holy name. Nothing happens outside of his control. It's all within the boundaries of the ultimate plan and purpose Think about it. God does not lose control. David's God was so big to him that Goliath was just a midget. Our God needs to become big to us. That the crisis, the situations, they're just midgets. 
God has a way of bringing things and people down to size. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? He got a little big for his britches, didn't he? He began to glory in his kingdom, his power and his might and his accomplishments. And God says, it's time for a session. He had to learn the truth the hard way. But here's what it says. Tell you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. I don't like your choice. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? And at the end of the day, in Nebuchadnezzar's life there, he looked up. He woke up. And he spoke up. Praise God. He alone. And there's a key ingredient to all of this. And that is the resurrection. It solidified it. It finalized it. It was the signature. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Revelation says, as that city, that vision and visual of heaven begins to point out what's there. And he says, there's no more death there. Because it's been overruled. Yes, there's death now. But there won't be any. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that resurrection, there is no no corner of creation that his sovereignty does not touch. There is no event in life that his sovereignty does not reign over. Psalms 135 and 6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and in all deep places. 
Proverbs 16 and 33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He is not only the creator and author of life and national musicians to come, if you would, please. He is also the administrator of life. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, the government will be upon his shoulders. He's the governor of the nations. Psalms 22 and 28 says he rules over the nations. This God is sovereign in his delegation of power. To others. He sets up, he takes down. That does not release us from our responsibility in our role or our assignment, as we preached on last week. It does not. Whether for good, or whether for evil. He is sovereign in the exercise of his love. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. There was a tremendous heart difference between Esau and Jacob. And God extended to Esau an opportunity. You know, he's even sovereign in his exercise of grace. Yes, it's a mystery. Let us not lose the ability to see the stars. Let us not lose the ability to see creation.
Because it will go a long way to, see, to, to help us to see how we see life. Yes. This is a time of victory. It says in Psalms 32 and 6, it says, The rising of the mighty waters will not reach you. Because he or you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Because all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has, still has, the power in woo, all of it. Heaven and earth. I tell you, it's amazing. You need to see the horizon of possibilities and make decisions accordingly. Because the choice for good is always present. Even though it might seem like evil is dominant. I don't know what's happening with your boat. I think you're pretty solid myself. But I tell you what, out there, not in the world, but in the Christian world. They're alarmed. But all you need to do is go ahead and invite Jesus into the boat of your life again. Refocus. You need to recognize and choose what matters. Recognize what passes away. Separate yourself from what is unnecessary and cling to that which is necessary. Yes. The sovereign Lord. Are you ready, team, this morning? What do you think? You think God's got this? There was a song that was very popular back when I was very young. You don't have to sing this one because you probably don't know. 
<laughs> but you know, you might have heard of it. <laughs> He's got the whole world in his hands. It was a very simple way of saying, you know what I mean? God's got this. It's not a song of being nonchalant. No. It's a song that you sing up to the mountain of the hill of the Lord. God's got this. God's in charge. At home. They might gloat in their power. God will have the final say. Hallelujah. Amen. As far as you're concerned and I'm concerned, the believer is concerned, it's going to turn out good. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Amen. It's going to turn out good. It might not end up good for those evil hearts. Oh, not at all. But for you and I, I'm telling you what God's going to do. Amen. What God's going to do. Oh, woo. Oh, we got to close her up. Oh, hallelujah. God's good. Hey, come next week. Title of the message is The Lights Are Still On. The Lights Are Still On. Come and hear what we got to say, what God's got to say about that. Father, we thank you today. Lord, sometimes there's so much weight on our shoulders because we don't recognize the sovereignty of you, the loving care. But you're lifting that. God, I thank you, Lord, that we not only have an assignment, but you have an assignment that you're faithful to it. God, uh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, in all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen? Amen. Go with God. Amen. Love one another and praise God.